Super 3D Noah's Ark, proving once again that Noah invented slingshots. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Power Play. My name's Jim Jones. And I'm Peter Street. And we have another great show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to start off with a top 7 worst games ever list. Ever made. Ever made. The of worst all time. ones. Oh yeah. Uh, then we're going straight into Editor's Choice, which is this time uh, Counter-Strike has changed up, uh, Valve has changed up some of the uh, weapon pricing on that. And we're going to cover it. Uh, then we're going into what we're playing. And finally, Would You Rather. Yes, we... Did would would you rather last time and it was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, so we're gonna do that Supposedly again. Supposedly you have something devious <laughs> for me this time. I do indeed. I have a devious so I, question. I, I don't. I am uh, as just as blind as the listeners right now as far as uh, what that's gonna entail. All right. Well, why don't we get right into it and announce our first segment, Peter? All right. The first segment this uh, podcast episode two is uh, gonna be the top seven. Worst games ever made. Last time we we revolutionized the industry of games by we did introducing a top seven list. I don't know why that hasn't been thought of before. You would think out of out of all the people who have done lists, top seven would be right up there. I know, It'd be number one on the top ten of top lists. Exactly, because top ten is so old. I mean, it's about time it it dies out and. Here we are with the top seven worst games ever. And uh, this took some time to uh, to really assemble this list, but I think we have a good list. Oh, yeah. Let's get started with number seven. Number seven is um, Spice World for the original PlayStation. came out in 1998, and uh, it's basically a game that was based on the Spice World movie which of course is based on the uh the pop kind of girly stupid ass spice girls group yeah. and um so basically it's like uh passing through three filters of shit before it actually gets to your <laughs> PlayStation cuz first of all <laughs> nice. it's <laughs> it's um it's based off of a shitty pop group and then it's based off of a movie based off the shitty pop group. And then you have, finally, your your PlayStation gets Spice World the Game, which is a game based off of a shitty, based off of a shitty, based off of a shitty. So. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah. Three yeah, layers of shit. Completely and, crap. And this is just a bad idea to begin with. I mean, like you said, based off a movie, based off a group, a pop group. Not a good idea for a video game. What can you possibly do? Unless it's like a Dance Dance Revolution or a Po Rappa yeah. the Rappa. There's nowhere else to take that. And I don't yeah. think they did that with this, did they? Oh, no. No, I don't I don't believe they did at all. Um, this is uh, basically it's, uh, it's a game that is teaching 
teaching people how to dance through dance steps, but <laughs> but at the same time there is no uh there are no dance pads or any kind of uh neat add-ons like today you you know how today you have the uh you have the what is it the eye toy and you can do different things with the eye toy that's yeah. kind of amusing i mean that's a neat idea and you also of course have dance pads ddr stuff yeah. like that but uh but this, this was didn't spice use any of that? world no, no. No, oh my no, God. This does, no, this didn't do anything like so that. So basically, you're just watching, you're watching a movie. You're watching Polygon, 3D <laughs> Polygon Spice Girls rendered on the original PlayStation. You're watching them dance and flirt with each other. <laughs> you're uh, you're supposed to you're supposed to imitate and mimic some of uh, their disco style dancing, and uh, basically wow. do a bunch of button presses. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's really not exciting me a whole lot. <laughs> no, it would not excite <laughs> me at all. Oh my uh, god. So, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty bad concept. Yes, that's a I terrible mean, concept. I think what gives it the... What, what renders it worthy for our top seven list this week is the fact that it is the first game to go through the three-layer shit filter. <laughs> and We're coining that term. We're trademarking yeah. that. Three filters of shit because <laughs> if you have a game that's been through that many piles Layers of shit, of, yes, it deserves a, some kind of label. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's the three shit filter system. That is the first game I know of to ever pass through the the three layer filter shit. I'm used I, to it. I make all my yeah. coffee in the three layer shit filter. <laughs> Glad I don't ever come over for breakfast. <laughs> okay. Well, All right. Let's move on to number six. Yes, number six. Uh, number six is Super 3D Noah's Ark. Now, to be honest, <laughs> I had I had never heard of this game when it uh, when we found it. Yeah, I had uh, I had to look it up on Wikipedia to find out what it was all about. Basically, Wisdom Tree, the producers of this game, uh, took the Wolfenstein engine. And pretty I am, much, I am familiar with that game. Oh, I think everybody is. But they took that engine and pretty much all the graphics from it too, uh-huh. and they poured it over to a. Instead of killing Nazis, you are <laughs> wrangling animals on Noah's Ark. So if you can, if you can picture <laughs> Sounds this, sounds outrageous. It is outrageous, and we're looking at screenshots here. I'll post a link to it. But if you can picture this, think of the. The screen for Wolfenstein 3D, and then yeah. re- replace BJ's face with Noah, and uh, and replace all the Nazis so basically with sheep and elephants on. and <laughs> all the other animals on Noah's Ark, and that yes. that is uh, Super 3D Noah's Ark. Yeah. Have they been bad animals? I mean, are you? What are you doing in the game? They are. Like... They are restless, is what it says. Ah, restless yes. animals. Yes, restless, restless ark. So you have to. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. Looks like you have to. I've never fed a goat with a slingshot, but I bet. <laughs> I bet that works. <laughs> Here's some fruit, little goat. Yeah, he he has his slingshot aimed right at this goat or sheep or whatever it is. I always I think it's a good idea, you know, when you have a restless animal, to calm it down with violence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the well, best idea I've ever heard. Did Noah even have a slingshot? I mean, really? 
Maybe he invented it. Did the Bible ever if mention... If you've seen Passion of Christ, Jesus invented tables, so... <laughs> I mean, hell, maybe Noah. Well, Mel Gibson didn't produce this game, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> so this is yeah, probably more accurate. Maybe Noah okay. did have them. I know, he. I don't think it mentions that in the Bible account, but maybe he, uh, I don't know, he could have had a slingshot. Apparently he did, I mean, we're looking at yeah, it. Yeah, we obviously this see is, it. This is canon right here. <laughs> this is the... <laughs> This is proof that he that Noah invented slingshots. I'm going to feed my cat that way. All right, moving on to our next uh, worst game ever. This would be number five. And this may shock every single one of the people out there. This is going to be, yes, a Zelda game. No, a Zelda game? How could it be? Come on. I'm, Exactly. I know, but this... No, I think, oh, I've, yeah. I think I've played them all. I mean, I've no, played, you haven't played I've them I've played all. the original. I've played Zelda 2. I've played yeah. Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, Ocarina, Wind Waker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've played them all. I've played all the Game Boy ones. What could possibly be so bad? Oh, I know those sound pretty good, don't they? And I've played all of those as well. But this is one that is uh, is not very well known. It's called Zelda the Wand... Of Gamelon, uh, the see. Wand of Gamelon, and what system is it for? I believe that was for the Philips CDI, if I if I recall. That is correct, indeed it was. And uh, this game, basically, it has uh, it has Link on a side-scrolling type of adventure, and you would think that well, maybe that's not so bad. I like the the uh, adventure of Link for the Nintendo. But uh, instead, this one has uh, a bunch of uh, full-motion video sequences to kind of move the plot along, and they're uh, very 80s and very uh, very ridiculous. If uh, you can actually get a hold of some of these sequences on the website, and uh, uh, we'll we'll try and link you to some of them. But basically, um, you haven't seen Cheese until you've seen the uh, FMV for this game. And apparently the controls are through the Philips CDI controller, which was basically uh, one of the worst conceived uh, video game controllers ever made. Basically there's no play control at all, and uh, just an in- insanely ridiculous plot. And this was as a result of Nintendo back in the day licensing out their major properties. I mean, mm-hmm. you would never see Nintendo do this today. You would never see Nintendo say, Sure, um, Sony, you can make a Zelda game. Uh, and for some reason, during the mid uh, to early 90s, they were uh, they were licensing Zelda. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because Philips uh, was in cahoots with Nintendo to develop a disc-based system. Uh, yeah. I believe it... Was it the add-on for the Super Nintendo? Disc-based well, add-on? I know, well, Sony was also a part of that too it may have been yeah but it was definitely Philips I know that and then uh, Nintendo backed out of it because it wasn't going well and so right. uh, Philips still had part of the license and so they used it to make actually a series of three games on the Philips CDI which are now referred to as the unholy Triforce <laughs> <laughs> because of how bad notoriously bad they were yeah, that would definitely be something a collector would want. But uh, Yeah, so actually, I've decided to start collecting, uh, try and get a hold of all the Zelda games, so unfortunately I'm going to have to have, buy these? I'm going to have to own these games. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, I would like to see, I mean, I've never actually experienced the horror of its jerky controls myself, but I would like to experience it. Yeah. Just for the fact that it's, uh, 
It's got the Zelda name on it. It's kind of like owning Nike tennis shoes. Back in the day, <laughs> man, you had, you had to have that swoosh on your shoe or you weren't cool. The Air Jordans. So I want uh, this has Zelda's name on it. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this. Okay, well let's move into our fourth uh, worst game ever. And actually, this one was brought up by uh, Matt on our forums. Yes, Matt. So uh, kudos doing? to him. Um, we found it on Wikipedia, and apparently uh, it's oh, well. Let me tell you what it is first. It's Aquaman: Battle for Atlantis on the GameCube. Uh, released in 2003, um, it's based on a character in DC Comics universe called Aquaman, and uh, it has been largely considered the worst game in the 128-bit generation of home consoles. Uh, <laughs> and in, in fact, that's the game. That's pretty bad. Oh yeah, that's pretty terrible. Because I can think of a lot of bad ones in that generation. Yeah. Uh, but actually, it was so terrible that it inspired an award, and not a good award, on uh, G4's X-Play called the Golden Mullet Awards because the yes. uh, the lead character had a big golden mullet, big blonde mullet. You'd think after the failures of other superhero-type games that they <laughs> would uh, try to make sure that every game with a superhero in it wasn't complete shit. Yeah. But it sounds like, uh, sounds like it's... Uh, it's not working out that way for I Aquaman. think it's a conspiracy. It must be. All superhero games have to be absolute crap. Oh, no, that's not true <laughs> at all. I've Name me one that's good. All uh, right. some, there's a lot of X-Men games there's... and stuff. I know. No, no. I mean, hold on. One of the best games ever Batman is actually... Super... No, by, by contrast, um, you have games like um, Spider-Man, the movie game, too. Yeah, Spider-Man I played 2. that. That was all right. That was almost like a Grand Theft Auto, but mixed with superpowers. Yeah, it was awesome. swing from buildings. And not a huge fan of it. Oh, I, I, that's one of my favorite games. My favorite action games, one of them. And, uh, of course, you have the X-Men Legends. You're familiar with that, aren't you? Yeah, like I said, most of the X-Men games are really good. Yeah, those are really good. That's more of an RPG series than a than it is an action series, but yeah, at the but same time. Like their fighting games and stuff are good, too. Oh yeah, there's a there's a lot, but certainly uh, they're either really good or they're really terrible. It seems like there's not much right in the middle. There's not a mediocre <laughs> superhero game. Kind of like with the movies that they're yeah. based on. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, movies they're for the either most part. really B movie crap sessions <laughs> or they're like really amazing, like you know X Men Two or Spider Man Two was. Uh, actually. If Matt's listening, and I'm sure he is, uh, why don't you go ahead and write a review of this game? Because I personally, I don't think either of us have played it. And uh, I'd like to kind of feature it on the website if you want to write up a review and send it to us. Yeah, That'd be I've cool. never had the misfortune, and since I know about its terribleness, I probably won't seek out the experience. No. So. so Matt so. has played it, and if you want to write in, that'd be great, Matt. Yeah, tell us exactly how bad it is. All right. All right. Well, speaking of superhero games... <laughs> I believe um, everyone's familiar with our next one. <laughs> on with the uh, show. Um, number three worst game of all time is a game we featured last week in our uh, segment Would of... Would You Rather. Yes, Would You Rather. And that is Superman for the Nintendo 64 system. <laughs> um, 
in researching this game a little bit, I actually discovered an interesting little nuance, and that is the game is not actually entitled Superman 64. Yeah. That's not the name of the game. It's actually just Superman, mm -hmm. and it uh, is for Nintendo 64. But uh, just to hit some of the highlights of its incredible terribleness, <laughs> um, in this game, you do not actually interact with Metropolis. You're in a virtual Metropolis. And the reason that the, uh, the story is that you're in this virtual Metropolis is because the hardware couldn't actually render anything beyond like two feet in front of Superman. <laughs> so they, they took you to this virtual metropolis, filled it with a kryptonite fog, which was, uh, the story said, was to slow Superman down. But in reality, it was because it was, uh, it was uh, an inability of the system to actually display detailed graphics past like two feet in front of your face. Um, plus the game... Uh, <laughs> I can remember playing this with you, um, Jim. What's that? And uh, this game, well, Superman. Yeah, this yeah. game. Okay. We, we rented it. Yeah, do you remember the multiplayer? Remember um, how I, I was I'll tell you, First of all, first of all, let me tell you. If you can't remember, I, I can tell you first of all what I envisioned it being like because I was pretty excited <laughs> when this game was coming out. I was like, "Wow, a Superman game! This is and for the Nintendo 64, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be like the coolest man ever." And <laughs> Little did you know. And we we popped it in. We went to multiplayer options, and I was like, I'm going to be Superman. He'll be like an evil Superman, and we'll throw each other through buildings, and we'll use powers, and, <laughs> and man, multiplayer is going to be so awesome. And multiplayer mode is you and another one of the game's characters in pods. Oh, that's right. Superman couldn't and even fly in the multiplayer. Superman can't fly, apparently... <laughs> He is confined to a hovering wheelchair. Something out of the X-Men, like Xavier would sit in. It's yes. <laughs> or Dr. Robotnik from Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And the level consists of you and the other character in a pod flying around shooting little pea blasts at one That's another. right. I forgot. <laughs> that is so terrible. <laughs> the the single player game oh, wow. has missions where you fly through hoops. Yeah, I remember that part. You're flying through hoops, <laughs> and it's uh, you can't see anything. You can't use any of Superman's powers unless you do a bunch of drawn out bullshit. Well, oh my! I God. forgot how terrible the multiplayer was because. You were, you're right. You're shooting these little tiny peas, and you can't hit anybody because they're so you, tiny. And the carts, the carts, flying hover carts, move Superman so fast. Say, why would <laughs> Superman fight his enemies in a pod? I don't know. Shooting pea. Why blast? not use heat vision or his freezing breath? Why not do something? That would be much more powerful cool. than, a, than a pod with a pea blaster <laughs> on the end of it. Yeah. I don't. I mean, you might as well be Noah in Noah's Ark and have the slingshot out at people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that right there makes it one of the worst games ever. Yeah, I was so disillusioned. I had to. I mean, we like turned it off and we didn't even talk to each other because we. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's there to say? You pop in Superman and you get pea shooting action in pods. <laughs> Unexcusable. Pea pods. Unexcusable. <laughs> okay. Well, our uh, our next game, uh, number two on the worst all-time top seven list. Uh, is a game that uh, it was pretty influential, let's just say that, on the video game industry. 
It is E.T. To the, say the least. E.T., the extraterrestrial for the Atari 2600. This game was so... I'm just going to read this verbatim from the Wikipedia site because they really tell it how it is. It says, E.T. the Extraterrestrial is a video game developed by Howard Scott Warshaw based on the film of the same name and released by Atari for the Atari 2600 video game system in 1982. It was widely considered a poorly produced and rushed game that Atari thought would sell purely based on brand loyalty to the names of Atari and E.T. Absolutely. Sounds like a winner. Oh yeah, definitely. This is a no-brainer. However, instead, the game fared horribly and cost Atari millions of U.S. dollars. E.T. is seen by many as the death knell for Atari and is, <laughs> and is widely God. regarded as one of the worst video games ever produced, as well as one of the biggest commercial failures in video game history. Good God. <laughs> in a time when the market was being flooded with dozens upon dozens of lackluster games, this game is cited as being a major cause of the video game crash of 1983. This brought down the entire video game industry <laughs> to its knees, waiting for the oh death blow. Oh, my world. God. <laughs> One game. Uh, yeah, then it goes on to say, sales were dismal and most copies went unsold. The company then secretly buried the remainder of the cartridges <laughs> in a landfill site. Why would you secretly bury? <laughs> near your... New Mexico in the desert. Now, yeah, why would you... Why wow. would you bury them in a desert? Well, the game was that bad. The game was so bad, they had to bury these cartridges <laughs> in the desert. They went off to the desert, and they two buried all of the unsold two million cartridges. My two million God. Cartridges. I can't imagine. That would fill up an entire landfill. I'm what a terrible sure. game. So so let's recap on this. what this game has done to the video gaming industry. Okay, well, First of all, it brings Atari to their knees, one of the biggest video game producers of that era. And this is serious business because Atari was king of oh, the yeah. walk. And at this time in game history, after Atari did fail and they crumbled <laughs> and video games were not very popular, people were disillusioned with them as a, as a, a medium of entertainment. And that was almost the end. That was almost it for almost. interactive entertainment. Almost. And uh, apparently this game had an enormous... Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Nintendo, you know, coming yeah. back with the uh, with the Famicom, the NES, and, and reinvigorating video games. Video games had had their day prior to Nintendo, and it was over. Yeah. It was done. Uh, E.T. almost killed it. There would be no... There wouldn't be this podcast. There wouldn't be uh, Halo 3. There wouldn't be PlayStation 3. There wouldn't be... You know, uh, a multi-billion-dollar industry with a million exactly. fans to a million different, you know, types of games. Uh, apparently, E.T. almost ended all of that for us. <laughs> E.T. almost e. killed video games. Almost phoned home for the uh, game industry. <laughs> wow, that's a bad pun. I know that was terrible, but I mean, the game was so terrible. Yeah, I mean, no, terrible it's pun because terrible I'm game. looking at the cover of it that I came up with that bad pun. Yeah, the, actually, the cover art's pretty good. I know, kind of like it. Yeah, you're right. Would make me think at first glance that it was a good game. It does. It, it's very kind. It's kind of cool because it's got the. It has ET in there, and he's obviously uh, using some kind of power to levitate this phone. And you know, you're you're thinking of the coolness that is the movie, and and the game. <laughs> uh, 
apparently the game doesn't deliver that. And I will show you why the game is not <laughs> delivered. I can I can see your screen, and you can't see what I'm seeing. Scroll down a little no, bit. No, I don't. What? Take a look at that screenshot. Oh, that will God. tell you what the game is, is about. Is that from the game? That is from the game. That's some... Uh, that I've never... Uh, <laughs> man, that is shitty graphics. Yes, indeed. And I will post a link That's on supposed to be E.T., I guess. What is he after? What is that? He's levitating out of wells. Is that's what it's, that's what it says. Really? Don't joke around about these things. Levitating out of one of many wells in the game. Oh, the object pictured is a phone piece. <laughs> He's trying to phone home. Come on. He's trying to put together a phone so he can phone home. Oh, okay. Give well, him a break, yeah, man. I guess. I mean. That's what he does. Okay, well, enough about the game that almost ruined the video gaming industry and killed one of its giants. Let's talk about the the number one The last nail in Atari's coffin. Let's talk about the last nail in the seven list. Oh, dear God. I couldn't even believe this was... I yeah, I left this to you. You can read this one. I I do this with the utmost shame. But... (laughs) Let me just get the listeners ready. Listeners, what you're about to hear may change your concept of gaming forever. This game is something that may turn you off of interactive entertainment, but I guarantee (laughs) you that this game actually existed. And it was made for the Atari 2600, another terrible game for that system. (laughs) And our number one worst game of all time pick for this week's segment. It's entitled, innocently enough, <laughs> it's entitled Beat'em and Eat'em. Oh yeah, sounds real innocent. Yeah, that's not, um, that's not very, uh, <laughs> doesn't that doesn't make you, thoughts. it could be interesting, who knows. <laughs> this could be a, an amazing <laughs> Fun game. Sounds like it. It Let's could just be. Read the description. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's talk about what we do in Beat'em and Eat'em for the Atari 2600. Before you run out and buy it, maybe you should first, before you stop listening and go get the game, first of all, listen to what you do. In this game, the player controls a pair of nude women who scuttle back and forth underneath a building as a ridiculously well-endowed man constantly <laughs> ejaculates from the rooftop. Oh my God. This He's is not real. This up. No, He's I'm not. not making this up. I wouldn't be this perverted <laughs> if, uh, if it wasn't real. The player's objective... The player's objective is to maneuver these women so that they consume the man's semen before it hits the ground. This is serious stuff. These gameplay mechanics closely mimic those of a large group of games like Kaboom. No, no, they don't. (laughs) Maybe the the mechanics. The gameplay mechanics apparently are similar. Uh, Oh, man. The object is different, but the, mecha- <laughs> the, mecha- the goals, of the, the goals of the game are slightly different, but the mechanics are there. It's it's almost exactly the same game when you take out the 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 semen Dude, falling from the sky. <laughs> when you take out the loads in the ladies' oh mouths, my God. you have kaboom! It's there. 
in which the <laughs> object is to catch objects thrown by an even faster moving character. Uh, the game's objective is supported by an ad hoc explanation. You know, this is the explanation in the game that every sperm is sacred and could have been a famous doctor or lawyer. <laughs> there you have it. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, beat them and eat them. This is not a joke. This is the real deal. And apparently it's just like Kaboom. See, I... Even when I read the title of this game, I did not envision anything nearly I didn't as either. perverted as this game has turned out to be. This is I couldn't have. No, how? What mind can, <laughs> comes up with this, and comes out for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? I mean, back in I mean, they're talking about game content today with Grand Theft Auto. And, yeah. Oh my God, there's prostitutes in that. You you get your health back from having sex with them in the Grand Theft Auto series. <laughs> this game came out in 1982 for the Atari 2600, and it's entitled "Beat 'Em and Eat 'Em" with an enormous. <laughs> Very badly animated dick flopping off the side of this building, ejaculating, and you have to catch it. Oh They're two, two naked whores with their mouths open, um, making sure that it's raining cats and doctors. Oh, wait, no. How does that even make sense? They could be a famous doctor or lawyer. They're being consumed by naked whores. Jesus Christ. Wow. Whoa. Beat them and eat them. I was going to say the only way they could get away with it is having as badly oh. bad graphics as possible. Yeah, you're right. Because you're right, they could never get away with that now. No. <laughs> if you had a I mean, fully rendered 3D right. model. F- photorealistic textures. No, not happening. And, yeah. Xbox 360 high yeah. def. High resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Beat them and eat them for the new generation. Yeah. I a high resolution so. experience. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. Yeah. But, I mean, it does say, at least on the cartridge cover that it's an adult video game and that it's not for sale to minors. So apparently even then, you couldn't walk into Toys R Us and and um, no, send your child in and accidentally have them walk out with beat them and eat them for the, uh, for the 2600. Oh, thank God. My Lord. And the cover of the, the game has this disgusting-looking devil woman with a forked tongue sticking her tongue out into an ice cream cone that's shaped as a penis. Indeed. I think we've talked enough about beat them and eat them. Yeah, this can't, this podcast has to be ex- labeled explicit for sure now just because <laughs> oh, of our definitely. number one worst game ever. Although we did use all of the uh, correct nomenclature for it, I yes, do believe. all the correct verbiage. Actually, you said dick, so never mind. Yeah, I did, didn't I? You did, you dick. Hey. All right. Well, let's move on <laughs> to uh, a little more somber topic. We don't have anything quite as. Uh, yeah, that was beat him and eat him was the climax of the show. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another. I guess yeah, it was. it's time for a cigarette. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move into the editor's choice. Um, this week we're going to be talking about yeah. the dynamic weapon pricing updates for Counter Strike. Uh, Valve has instituted a new system where. They change the prices of the weapons and items each week based on what is bought the previous week. So if a lot of people buy AKs and M4s, which they do, uh, the prices on those go up, everything else starts to fall because people aren't using them as much. 
I don't understand this system. It doesn't make much sense to me. I don't see the reason behind it. What's the purpose of it? It doesn't make sense, or you don't you don't see why? They're doing I, I don't it? see why they thought that after Counter Strike being one of the most influential, successful online PC games, and still one of the most played. Right. Why do they need to, you know, fuck with the pricing system? I don't know. If anything, they need to get the cheaters out of there, man. What was... I mean, obviously they had something that they were trying to accomplish with this. I mean, what? why did they think this was a good idea? Well, I don't know why they thought it was a good idea, but uh, I'm going to try and kind of analyze it. I played Counter-Strike for I don't know how many years and lost how many jobs because of it. But, uh... <laughs> In, indeed. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> Peter with World of Warcraft. I haven't lost my job yet. The first price change took place on Monday, or last Monday, October 16th. And before that happened, <clears throat> I wrote up this outline, and I made a couple predictions about how this would affect both online play, uh, public play, and competitive play. And one way I think it's going to affect that is that since people are still going to be buying these standard weapons like the M4 and the AK no matter what, right. since they are the best weapons. Right, why would you buy anything else? Yeah, well, you, well the, I mean, the prices of those are going to skyrocket. So you're not going to be able to afford other items like grenades and armor. So le- you'll see a lot less people using those extraneous items like that. Why would they... I mean, I don't understand why they would want to do do that. I mean, I can tell you just from being a player of this game myself that it would... It's kind of annoying when the best players with the best weapons are flashing <laughs> you nonstop with grenades. Is, is it kind of to, to weaken the good players? Is that the, the, the point? It might be. I think to make they've been doing a lot of off. things, actually. Even Source, when they released that it kind of weakened the good players, kind of was an equalizer. Because, well, for one thing, headshots became much more common, much more frequent, even if you weren't the best of aim. Well, how is that? They made the hitboxes, or they made the the spray patterns a lot more random, so you can't really predict as much where the bullets are going to go. So it kind of equalized it a bit. Yeah, as compared to 1.6, or when I was really into a 1.3, Right. But, yeah, the the spray pattern's a lot more random. Um, yeah, so you're going to see a lot less... A lot more... What? I can... Well, it makes me kind of understand a lot more why that a lot of people flame on the Source version of Counter-Strike. Why yeah. there's a lot of hate for it. Because a lot of people that I talk to on various forums and in other games, in fact, that also play Counter-Strike always ask you, are you playing Source or are you playing 1.6? <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of people hate Source, and now I can kind of comprehend why a little bit more because I didn't know they did all those changes with the uh, with the uh, detection on the uh, hits. Oh yeah, and, and it spray started spray patterns and everything. It started way back in 1.5. 1.3 was like probably the most pure Counter Strike version there is, because then it was they're really taking a game of extreme skill, which is what 1.3 was, and turning it into more of a luck and skill combination. Which I hate is, it's good for the players who don't really yeah, know what I, they're doing. But. Sure, I mean, that's a nice way to, to introduce players, but have that for a training mode. Yeah, and then leave the the extreme skill for the competitive play. I agree. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right on. 
Because I don't really like chance in games. I mean, the less chance, the better. Yeah. Because, I mean, what's chance? I mean, that's no personal skill of either, you know, agility or strategy or yeah. there's there's no personal skill involved in a rolling of the dice. No, I mean, exactly. If you're going to do that, you might as well just sit on your desk at home and roll a die over yeah. and over again. Or you might as well play, like, World of Warcraft. I mean, I enjoy that game, but there's really not much as far as tactical skills. I mean, there's a lot of... Not strate- a whole lot, but there is A lot some. of strategic... There are some tactical skills, but when you push a button, you know it's probably going to do <laughs> what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I well, just don't... I don't like chance in a FPS. Yeah, I agree. But uh, another way it's going to affect the game is uh, all the, the prices of all the items, pretty much, are going to be raised. Because basically you'll have the main weapons that everybody uses, the M4 and the AK, going way up in price astronomically because everybody is using them at first. And then as people start to be unable to afford them as often, they start coming back down in price. But they don't come all the way back down. They just kind of equalize at a certain level. And then there's little fluctuations in how much they cost each week, but not a whole lot. Because it'll, it'll eventually even out, but it'll even out at a higher plateau for all weapon pricing. So I don't know why they didn't just go ahead and raise the prices for all these weapons. Yeah, if that's the end result, I mean, you'd think they would have foreseen that. Yeah. And just raise the price on certain weapons. Yeah, that would have made more sense, I think. Because uh, going into this next part, uh, how it's going to affect competitive play, the constant fluctuation of the prices is going to mean that the clans or the teams that do a lot of uh, price-based tactics, like yeah. knowing which weapons to buy when and how much ammo to buy and certain things, aren't going to be able to really do that anymore because each week you're going to have a different price. So how are you going to plan a strategy in a week that's going to be effective? You're not going to be able to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they once the price is stabilized, they won't be fluctuating that much, but it still throws off whatever strategy you might come up with based on economics. Yeah, that seems like, uh, on a whole, that's that's a bad move for the Counter-Strike. Uh, yeah. It's a bad move on Valve's part. I, I would agree with you if that's, wh- if that's what you think. Well, I, I think mean. that's how it's going to affect it. I've done a little competitive play, not much, but uh, I think so that's going to so be So you've actually effect. played under this new system? I Actually, I haven't played it since they instituted this new system. I haven't played it in about a month. Uh, but I but playing the old way they did it back in 1.6 and stuff. Yeah, we should definitely jump on and try it out after we're done with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, try it out. <laughs> well, I've been looking at the list of prices for all the weapons and stuff, and it looks like the first week they did skyrocket. I mean, the M4 shot up to over four thousand dollars, like forty seven hundred or something ridiculous when it was thirty two hundred four. And the AK was almost three grand when it was like so, twenty four. So maybe they're, they're, they're basically trying to encourage people to play with uh, other weapons. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. If people want to use that weapon, well, I guess they'll just have to save up for it now. That seems like a lazy way to say, hey, instead of balancing the play mechanics ourselves, <laughs> we're going to force auto-balance the play mechanics by this new pricing system. Yeah. Instead of actually tweaking all of the guns to be very useful in various scenarios... We're just going to take the best guns and make them real expensive. <laughs> well, so. I think one of the big problems, too, is that they're listening to the people who play online for fun. 
I mean, yeah, that's probably their bigger customer base than the competitive play people, but the people who play online for fun aren't switching up their weapons because they don't know any better. The people who play competitively in these matches know that in a certain situation or a certain map, a different weapon is going to be better than right. your standard M4 or AK. Exactly. So they can adapt and change what weapons they use, but the people online can't, and unfortunately they're the bigger bitching voice, so they have to change it for them. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Listening to the... Well, all companies do it, though. They listen to where the money's at. Money talks. Yeah. And uh, just because all of the people who are their most loyal fans would uh, probably rather they didn't make this change, it's still... Whatever is bringing them the most money at the time is is uh, the voice they listen to. Just ask ACDC. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, I'll be sure and do that after the show. Because <laughs> uh, money talks. Never mind. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, also, how can this be exploited? How do you think that would be exploited? I think it would be interesting to see what would happen if... Every single person that plays competitively, when they play online in the pubs, just stopped buying the regular weapons and bought all the crap weapons. <laughs> then I think all the prices of the crap weapons would start to go up too, and the, the better weapons would come back down in price. Is, is there any way to disable this feature, or do you have to play online like this? No, there is. Um, actually, they have a server setting where oh, you can change it, it and... Put, put it back to how it was, to the standard pricing. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So it's just going to be dependent on which server you go into. Yeah, but apparently there is no plan. I've looked on the Cal website, the CPL website, and there is no plan for them yeah. to use the disabling function on this feature. So they, as far as I know, will be using dynamic pricing, which just, oh, in my man. mind, destroys the competitive play part of it of the game. Well, that's pretty big, then. Yeah. Well. So that's all I have to say on that, I think. Uh, I know right. it's kind of a dry topic compared to our seven worst games yeah. ever list, so. Compared to Noah's Ark, uh, Super 3D Noah's Ark, I mean, that's that's old news. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, that's, uh, that's a pretty, pretty major topic, though, if you're uh, at all a Counter-Strike player. Um, let's talk about what we're playing this week. All right. um, what what have we been playing since our last inaugural episode? I don't play video games anymore. I quit. Have you renounced them completely? You too. I flushed them down the toilet. Some of them were tough because they're discs. Right. They go down as easy as cartridges because they get stuck. Oh, that's all right. I've also renounced video games. So this is uh, our final broadcast. Thanks for listening, Matt, and uh, we'll see you, uh, well, we won't see you. Goodbye. See you guys. All right! <laughs> gotcha! We're, uh, we're not really serious. That's an early April Fool's joke. Yes, congratulations. You've earned it. Um, all right, what are you really playing? Are you playing games? Have you, have you renounced games? I have not renounced games. I am playing some. I have been playing, first of all, Brain Age for my Nintendo DS, uh, which I I like. Overall, I think it's a really good game. Yeah, I've also, I have Brain Age as well, and I'm a pretty big fan. All right, well, let's see. I've got kind of a 
a little mini review written up for it. Why don't we see if you agree with my points? Ooh, you prepared. I am prepared. <laughs> unlike the first episode where we kind of winged everything. And unlike <laughs> me this time. No, okay. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I like it because since it's on the DS, it needs to be kind of a pick up and play and then shut it off and flush it down the toilet kind of thing. So I like the short <laughs> daily sessions. It makes it easy to play on the DS in my spare time. Um, right. Also, I, <laughs> I kind of like the crazy doctor. Like, if you go to the title yeah. screen and you, you say certain things to him, like you say, Doctor, Doctor, he'll, like, make a weird face and push up his glasses and do some crazy stuff. Yeah, I like that about yeah. it as well. That was kind of neat, just a little extra feature. Exactly. Um, also, I've spent, oh, man, I've actually completed this part of the game 100%, which is a Sudoku. Uh, there's, like, I don't know how many puzzles. There's tons of them, probably 100 puzzles, and I've completed all of them. Uh, the one complaint I have about the game is the handwriting recognition. It's yeah. it's really good. It's probably some of the best handwriting recognition I've seen, but it still misses like one out of every 25 characters you write. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Yeah, and plus when you're playing the Sudoku part, every time you miss one, it adds 20 minutes onto your total time for that puzzle. Yeah. So if I try and write something and it mistakes it like a four is notoriously mistake for a nine. Yes. If I try and write that and it mistakes that I get 20 minutes added onto my total when I shouldn't have. And that, that, that kind of takes the fun right out of it. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And it's the same with the, the voice recognition software. That could also be better because uh, the later levels, you have you unlocked the, the voice math or can yet? Can you say blue? Well, Is that what you're talking about? Well, that's for the actual brain age detection. But, I mean, later on, okay. there's uh, one of the games is just like with the addition and the multiplication and where you uh, quickly add up different uh, different problems as and fast you as you em? can. And you, you just speak out the answer later. Oh, no. Yeah. I haven't unlocked that yet. Yeah, that's actually the final game you unlock. I, I have okay. unlocked that, and it's its detection is about as uh, sketchy as, as the... Uh, the writing recognition because it seems like every once in a while it will mistake you know uh, a certain number for a different number even though I'm clearly enunciating you know four it yeah. will it will put five or something huh. like that so it's kind of uh, it's a work in progress I think yeah uh, one other complaint I had is that it doesn't really have a multiplayer I mean the best no. you can do is you do a quick match or whatever, you do a quick uh, game, and then they can come in and do the test and then basically turn the DS around and show it to you and yeah. see if they did better than you. Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of limiting, but it is neat at least in the fact that while it doesn't have any Wi-Fi compatibility, it's still allowing you to, you know, on a chart, it keeps a chart of everyone's progress. Yeah, but then you have to go in and make a user for each person. You can only have two other or three other people besides right. you. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty limited as far as multiplayer goes. Right, right. Uh, but like you said, I do really like the graphs and the record keeping. Yes. Uh, it keeps an individual graph for everything you do, which is really cool to go back and see how much you've progressed. I think my best brain age right now is 26. Oh, really? Yeah. I've gotten to 30. 30? Yeah. Well, you are a year older than me, so. 
Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Losing your mind in your old age, huh? Must be, must be. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, better than 50, which is what it was when I first started. Yeah, mine was something ridiculously high, too. Yeah, it made I me really depressed. <laughs> I had to keep playing after that. Uh, I think that's about it for Brain Age. I've been also playing uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, but everybody knows this game. I don't need to go into depth. That it's is, great. That Two is one of the greatest games of all up. time, my friend. Yes. That is by far, that is definitely on my top list for greatest games, if we ever do a top seven greatest. Yeah. That's what I would argue uh, for. That's my favorite Zelda, too. It's... Um, uh, I've played all the Zeldas and even it, more than Ocarina, right? Oh yeah! Wow! Oh yeah! That game is better than Ocarina of Time. A lot I, of people would disagree. I know, and I would fight them to the death. <laughs> you bull disagrees. You want to fight him? Okay, I would not <laughs> fight them to the death, but I would. <laughs> f- <laughs> I would fight them because there. This game, basically, I would argue that Ocarina of Time while a great Zelda takes every single thing that was great about Link to the Past and copies it over into 3D which is why Ocarina is so great so I mean how Link to the pa- how can uh, a game that adds 3D to a already terrific game be worse you think it doesn't translate as well into 3D um, partially and also just for the fact that the link to the past did it first. So while okay. you you have the new 3D visuals, the experience of the link to the past, you know, if you had played it before you played Ocarina, you'd basically had a very very similar experience in the link to the past as you're yeah. about to have in the Ocarina of Time. So I mean, just for the fact that it and its ideas were there um, first. Kind of like I'd say Super Mario Brothers on the original NES is better than new Super Mario Brothers on the yeah, DS. Absolutely. Head and shoulders. Even though it's the same thing, just in 3D. Yeah, it's very, very similar, but the fact is the inspiration uh, was still, you know, it's still there in the original. The new Super Mario Brothers takes all the inspiration from all of the other ones and kind of builds on it a little bit for the DS. Yeah. But uh, the original stroke of genius was in the very, very first Super Mario Brothers. As I would say, the the hallmark moment for the Zelda series, as far as its inspiration and what it can do for gaming, was uh, with the Link to the Past release for the Super Nintendo. All right. Definitely. Are you playing it on a Super Nintendo, or are you playing an emulator? I, no, I'm definitely playing it on a Super Nintendo. I have a nice, almost pristine... Perfect Super Nintendo right? at home, yeah. In the box and everything, all the papers. Was it very nice? How'd you uh, get a hold of that? They were selling it. They sold. Uh, I went over to a video game store on the east side of Indy, and they were selling it for seventy-five dollars with the, a Super Advantage, one of the big joystick, joypad things. Or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in it, in its box, I never and had four one. games in their boxes. I couldn't pass that up. I mean, seventy-five dollars. Yeah, and it's the and it actually it is the link to the past bundle pack of the <laughs> Super Nintendo. So they for seventy-five dollars that system goes online for almost a hundred. That's a pretty amazing deal. Yeah, that was great. I couldn't pass that up. That's the same place I got my box Dreamcast, which I just opened up. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to hit you over the head for them. <laughs> I mean, um, go over and try them out. Ah, okay. That's what I meant. All right, so what are you playing? That's about all I'm playing. Um, I will tell you what I'm playing. But first of all, I can't get off Zelda. We've mentioned Zelda. Oh. We've already debased Zelda with that horrible <laughs> the CDI. CDI the Zelda of release. Gamelon. Or Wand of Gamillion or whatever, however you pronounce that piece Gamelon. of shit. When it comes to the great <laughs> greatness of uh, Link to the Past, though, I'm kind of... I hold a grudge in the fact that that is one of the few Zelda games that was released without a gold cartridge. Wow. Indeed. Yeah, there, it was Why a would gray they skip cartridge. a generation? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. I hate Nintendo. I hold a grudge no, against th- you, Nintendo. You just I said I hate, hate Nintendo. Nintendo. Now everybody no. is going to... Oh, man. Write hate mail. You heard it here. No. Street hates Nintendo. No. Power no. no. I don't hate Nintendo. Okay. I love Nintendo, but I hold a gr- I hate them for... Not having a, at least a special version of A Link to the Past. Well, they did. They had the bundle version. Yeah, I know, but it's not a gold. Special. No. It's not a gold cartridge. You didn't even get a box or a manual with it. Oh, well, that's even... <laughs> you just get the cartridge. Well, that's pathetic. I know. I mean, for a, a release of that caliber, they should have yeah. done something special. I mean, with the original release of Zelda, you had a gold cartridge battery backup for the first time. You had a map of the whole place, and... Yeah. I mean, it was really epic, and and the same thing goes for uh, 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 the second Zelda game, yeah. uh, Adventures of Link. Exactly. That that was a gold, gold cartridge. It was like really special, even in its presentation, as far as the cartridge. And now, in my opinion, the best Zelda game ever, <laughs> the first, the only for Super Nintendo, and it comes out with uh, lackluster, you know kind of presentation. Where's our gold Super Nintendo cartridge? It's buried with the E.T. carts out in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> they, they made two million of them and yeah. they decided against it. They threw them in the <laughs> ditch with, uh, with the old E.T. cartridge. <laughs> that would be... Uh, they have some answering to do if that's the truth. <laughs> there were some other Zelda games released in Japan that were never released over here. There's a couple of them that were released for uh, the DD, the dynamic drive system. Yeah. Oh, wait, that was on 64. Never mind. There that was, was some kind of an online Zelda, though, wasn't there? Uh, Satellaview was the system. Yeah. There were two of them, actually. There was, uh, they were called BS Zelda. I've done a lot of research trying to find all the Zelda games. Mm-hmm. And they're not playable anymore. Uh, one is, the first one was called BS Zelda. And then I think it had some kind of subtitle. Bullshit Zelda? <laughs> no, it was, uh, the name of the network, I can't think of the name of it. Something Star. Um, and then there was another, there was a second release called No Dekai Sensu or Dekai No Sensu or something weird, some Japanese word. But yeah, there were two games released on the Satellaview, which I'm almost positive was an add-on for the Super Nintendo using the expansion port underneath. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. That was, so uh, that was only in the Japanese yes, market. Yes, only in Japan and you had to have a special service. The games are no longer playable because they were actually, there was a voiceover during the games. They released in four parts during Christmas season uh, and New Year's season over there. Uh, really? Yeah, and there were voiceover actors that just 
whenever you were in a certain area, you'd hear a certain voiceover from this satellite service. So that no longer exists. You can't play them anymore. The four parts were meant to be played as separate downloads, and so they don't they don't link together properly. People are working on a ROM for it, oh, um, really? trying to patch them all together yeah, into one great. game. But the voiceovers aren't there anymore, so you're not going to have that. And the voiceovers had a lot of key information that you needed to beat the games. Or is there a record of the voiceovers, what they said? There might be, I don't know. If there is, I mean, someone could just dub in new voices. Maybe the guy who did it remembers what he said. (laughs) (laughs) He said it so many times, because they would have to read it over and over and over and over for a week. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Man, once again, I wish I lived in Japan. No kidding. They get all the best stuff. I know. They get all the (laughs) exclusives, and they get everything first. No, not anymore, though. I mean, every, all the new consoles are coming out here first. Yeah. PS3, and is the Wii yeah. coming out here first? I think it is. I believe it is, yes. So, I mean, America gets the love, too. Now we do, not back then, though. Not in the day, though. The heyday. No. It would have been awesome. I would have played that, totally. So that's enough of my, my Zelda brand. Yeah, there's two <sighs> others for the Super Nintendo, but you can't play them anymore, so they don't count. <laughs> All right, well, enough Zelda rant for now. I will uh, go ahead with uh, the games that I've been playing over the last couple of weeks. First of all, I have purchased a new DS game, big surprise, <laughs> and uh, I'm playing Resident Evil Deadly Silence. Ooh, what does that stand for, Resident Evil DS? That's yeah, isn't that cool. creative? Not I mean, really. Now, you said my... Mario Wario thing wasn't creative, so screw you. No, that's not creative. Oh, I don't think it is either. I think it's <laughs> terribly uncreative. I mean, obviously the game would never have been called Deadly Silence if it wasn't made for the DS. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe it is creative. Um, Capcom has done an interesting thing with this new Resident Evil release for the DS because they're trying to obviously utilize all of the DS's features and, uh, of course, the DS has the touchpad, and there is a mode in this new Resident Evil. The, the, there, are, there are very, very many things that I like about this release of this classic game. Um, first of all, some of the positive things I'd have to say about this release is um, it's basically exactly the same release that came out for the PlayStation in 1996, I believe it was, when the original Resident Evil came out for the... Sony PlayStation. Oh, really? It's the same game? It's, it's the exact same game. It's got oh, this, wow. It has the same character models, the same pre-rendered uh, screens that are the background of the Is game. Is it like the same plot and the same It's exa- identical. Same voiceovers. Oh, wow. Same hysterical, you, the master of unlocking, <laughs> will know how to use this best. All of that's there. So, yeah. I mean, it's the full Resident Evil 1 experience. Hmm, it's just cool. in the palm of your hand. So, I mean, that is that is a cool thing about the uh, the DS version of RE. Um, so, it is the original. It's the classic we all remember. But in addition to this, they've also added what's called Rebirth Mode. So, basically, that is taking you through this, the same old adventure... But during certain moments in the game, it will, like, for example, you'll go through a door, and you know what you're going to expect, but the room will start out with you in a first-person view of the room. 
and you will have to quickly take your stylus out, and zombies will come at you, or whatever monster might have been in the room will come at you, and you will have to scrape your stylus across the screen to, to use a knife your character's holding to, to basically hack and slash through your opponents. And then it goes on to to the basic room layout. So is it kind of like in RE2 where you'd open a door and a zombie would come through the door, but you couldn't do anything then? Yeah, but then you were helpless. Yeah. But now it, it's kind <laughs> of like that, but... And it has the same loading screens where you open the doors uh-huh. and, or go up and down the steps. But you can actually skip those since obviously with the the uh, the type of flash card used for the DS games, you don't have a load time. Yeah, thank you. So goodness. you can skip through them, but they're there for, you know, the full experience of the classic game. But basically instead of when the, the graphic shows the door opening, um, it's after that. It's when it's actually loaded the room and you're actually in the next room. It's just a first-person view of it. Gotcha. And then you uh, go ahead and hack and slash a little bit with the DS controls. The one thing, though, that I did not like about it, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's really neat to have a portable Resident Evil. It's also neat to have the new DS features kind of spun into the classic mix. Mm -hmm. But the thing you mentioned last time on our last episode was how with you know, portable gaming, it would be a terrible thing to have to go oh. hunt for a ribbon <laughs> to I save said your that game. Exa- you're right, I said that exact thing. Well, guess what? In <laughs> oh, this no. game, it's the same exact oh, way man. of the original. You, There is no way to save except for finding ink ribbons. And a freaking typewriter. Ridiculous. And a, and a freaking typewriter. It's hard enough in most games to to backtrack and find the save point. But in addition, yeah. you know, and, and we didn't like it when we were at home playing on our console. <laughs> I like it even less when I'm on the crapper at work, because this has actually yeah. happened to me. I've been playing the game on a break, and I could not find it. I had run out of ink ribbons, <laughs> oh, and I no. couldn't find an ink ribbon, so yeah. I couldn't save my game, and so my battery died while it was in sleep mode, and before I got home, I had to start all over. Ridiculous. Capcom, what are you doing? I don't know. The, y- you the, need to listen to our show. We're telling you why you can't do games like this on a portable system. You have to make portable games easily saved. Yes, absolutely. You, you cannot do the whole... And I mean, I understand keeping the game the way it was originally, so we'd all have a classic feel. Well, I'll tell you what, not a single person who enjoys the original Resident Evil enjoyed (laughs) hunting down ink ribbons and then the typewriter (laughs) in order to be able to save the game. I just enjoyed unlocking things. Is that right? Yeah. Are you the master? I was the master of of unlocking things. (laughs) You're awesome. At least that's what they told me. Yeah, uh, because I believe everything I hear in games, too. If they said it, I'm going to believe it. Yeah, yeah, I do that. <laughs> All right. Definitely. I believe I'm a a flying dog that, that has superpowers. I'm an Italian plumber. Are you? I'm your brother, then. Because it's a me, a Mustachio. Okay, so are you playing anything else? Yes, in fact, I'm playing World of Warcraft still. Of course. After a year and a half. Oh, man. Played it for a year on and off. That's enough for me. 
Yeah, well, I'm in a pretty good guild. We're doing a lot of, and I've posted this recently on our forums about the uh, the fact that we are doing a lot of uh, PvP, at least in my Feathermoon guild. And yes, I do play on Feathermoon. Moraleth is my name. Mm -hmm. Find me if you want. Send me a message. Tell me how much you hate my show. Go gank him. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll bust you up. I'm I'm pretty tough. He's level 36. Kill him. <laughs> Level 36. <laughs> well, you'll find out if you log into Feathermoon. I'm not level 36. And yes, I have many epics. But that point aside, I'm kind of still trying to tweak my character out for the Burning Crusade. We were originally going to have a Burning Crusade segment segment yeah. for our episode 2 here, but uh, we're, we're pushing that back. Just bit. like the game. Just like the Burning Crusade release which uh, originally I was looking forward to that. I have pre-ordered the collector's edition. Oh. And, uh... Get the, uh, fancy toe warmers. <laughs> <laughs> World, World of, of Warcraft, Warcraft toe warmers. Toe warmers. Shaped like, uh, It comes with everything but toe warmers, Shaped like fact. a gnome's butt. Stick your big toe in it. That's the most disgusting thing <laughs> I've ever heard of in my entire life. You get, you get five of them. With each set. Oh, God. <laughs> Hooray! That's all I have to say about that. That is okay. disgusting. No, actually, in fact, the Collector's Edition comes with... Uh, comes with a World of Warcraft Burning Crusade mouse pad. Mm. Comes with a copy of uh, the expansion on CD and DVD. Why? I don't know, but it does. <laughs> uh, comes with One a fancy copy case. One a frisbee comes with a frisbee. No, it doesn't come with a frisbee. It includes a soundtrack CD. It also comes with a making of documentary on DVD um, with uh, over two hours of features there. And it also includes, uh, I guess, a couple of packs of the new World of Warcraft trading card game uh, to get you hooked into that. Apparently. Yep. And it includes an exclusive online item uh, you get a nether whelp pet, which is uh, basically one of the um, flying mounts later in the game is a hmm. nether whelp. It's basically like an e ethereal, kind of otherworldly, in and out of dimension kind of flying dragon. Well, that's lame. They give you an automatic mount, a flying mount? No, 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 no. That's The flying mount is uh, is something that you would have to earn, but this is just a little baby one. It's a pet. That oh. You, that's the in-game item you get. It'd be free. cool if it grew up into your mount. That'd be awesome. That would be kind of Like, cool. as you level, it grows and then turns right. into your mount. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Can you imagine the jealousy, though? I mean... Yeah. yeah. So how did you get that? Well, it grew from the in-game pet I got from buying I the I paid an extra edition. 20 bucks. Go do the same thing. I mean... <laughs> well, it's I'm... It's fair. I, the, the way I would say it's not fair, in fact is the fact that they're only making a limited number of the collector's editions. So True. when when that's sold out, I mean, you wouldn't have a shot screwed. in hell at it. So. Yeah. so they're giving you an in-game item. They're giving you the whelp. They're giving you a bunch of bonuses with the pack itself. They're giving you a booklet of Burning Crusade art. So I have that pre-ordered. Hmm. I'm that looking forward cool. to it. I was hoping it would come out next month because I'm, I'm about ready to go explore Outlands with my paladin. And start a Junai Shaman, but they you know apparently have delayed it. it. Did I say it wrong? 
Did you not? No, you said it right. I was just going to say, uh, did you know that once the Burning Crusade comes out, and uh, all... Do you have Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 19? Right right <laughs> now, I'm just uh, on Tier 1 set. I'm trying well, to work on Tier 2. As much as I hate to tell you, probably all of that's going to be pretty much useless once the Burning Crusade comes out. Because from what I've heard, I was listening to another podcast uh, today, actually, and I heard that some of the loot from doing some of the first quests in the Burning Crusade, the loot is actually more powerful than some of the Tier 2 sets. No so, way. yes. Some of the easy, comparatively oh, easy no quests. Way. That's what I said. And so it's only in beta, so they could change it. But, but yeah, that's what I've heard. I can't... I, I find that really hard to believe. That'd be pretty mean. Because, <laughs> well, not only would that be mean to all the players who've grinded for <laughs> the last six months to yeah. a year to try and get their tier, you know, tier one, tier two sets, mm-hmm. uh, now, tier, now tier three sets and next, but, um, I mean, those people have spent so much time trying to find oh, that yeah. gear, and all they would have had to have done, you're saying, is wait for, wait until they bought the expansion in order to get gear comparable? Yep. That seems ridiculous. And at the same time, the gear that is in the game now, even though it's for level 60 characters, mm-hmm. if you go on to certain websites, uh, you, you see that gear is actually ranked in, you know, 70, 80, level 90 gear quality. Wow. So, I mean, I kind of find it hard to believe that, you know, you walk into the Outlands and you kill a dragon, it drops a blue or something. <laughs> well, I didn't say you're going to kill a board, it's going to drop fat loots. <laughs> I said some of the quests give you rewards. Oh. So, And they're comparatively easy, quote unquote. So I don't know what that means. Hmm. But we, we shouldn't even be talking about this. We'll yeah. save it all for next week. We're, we're going to save that for next time. Yeah. Well, not next week. Next Next podcast. I next always podcast. Say we're not weekly. No, we're We've not. told people this. Yeah, you know. Yes, we have things to do. We have families to take care of. and We have a volunteer community service to do. And you have raids to raid. Absolutely. To raid. I'm... Uh, I'm taking up a lot of precious time right now. I should be in Battlegrounds. <laughs> Get out of here. These people don't want to watch you play Battlegrounds. They want to hear a podcast. Well, I'll give them what they want, but just so they know, I should be uh, gaining honor right now, but I'm not. Oh, you're generous. All right, are you playing anything else? Um, that's uh, pretty much... I am, actually. I'm playing uh, oh a couple God. of other games, but I'm going to save those for next week. Okay. I am, too. Um, I... I've got a really, actually, in-depth review of World Championship Poker Deluxe series for the DS awesome. uh, next week, and I've been playing... I just got Zookeeper in, so we'll be doing probably a few more DS games next week. And I will... I just opened my Dreamcast, and I've been playing some Dreamcast games, too, so I'll have some Dreamcast reviews, which would be kind of cool. Some retro reviews. That sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. One of my favorite systems of all time. Mine, too. I think the listeners know that. Yep. Next week I will be uh, pretty much reviewing uh, Contact, which I can't find a review for this anywhere, so I might have a, a first Ooh, an review. Exclusive. An exclusive review. Somehow I doubt we're exclusive on the entire yeah. internet. Probably the not. <laughs> no. Probably not, but I, I, on uh, at least the sites that I frequent, I can't find any information on this game. It looks so interesting, I had to buy it, but the game is uh, Contact. 
uh, for the Nintendo DS made by Atlas, who is also the makers of the GameCube version of Killer7. And uh, that game is very unique. Got got some fair reviews. There were some problems with that game, but I played it. It's actually very interesting. The plot was interesting, so I thought I would buy this game and uh, just see for myself what it's about. Uh, so I'll be talking a lot about that next time, as well as a game released by the former and now closed Clover Studios, uh, Okami, for the PlayStation 2. I've started to... Uh, uh, break into that, so I'll have a lot to say about that next time as well. All right. Well, with all of that said, let's go into our next segment, which is Would You Rather? Oh, no. I believe this segment Would I was rather? a hit. I, I think this was a hit with our listeners last time, so we're, we brought it back for doing another one. All right. Hey, it's the voice of the people that matters on Power Play. So I'm, uh, I'm going to save my surprise for last. I have a doozy of a question for you. So why don't you go ahead and ask me would I rather? Okay, I'll uh, I'll ask you. Last week we did Superman 64 and this week um, basically I'm going to ask you if you would rather play 100 hours of Beat'em and Eat'em. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> As opposed to getting 100 shots to the groin by a still-toed boot. Oof. (laughs) Both sound very painful. Yes. Would you rather beat them and then eat them for 100 hours? Or would you rather... Have them beaten for 100 hours. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was appropriate. Uh, well, wow. You're kidding me. Nope. I'm actually going to have to pick the beat them and eat them, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I would rather play 100 hours of beat them and eat them yeah. where my crotch is <laughs> not being abused, but rather is feeling some pretty pleasurable uh, experiences. I mean, my crotch wouldn't be feeling that, but that guy's is. You mean that bitmap? Yeah. It's better than being kicked in the crotch a hundred times. It looks like the letter T upside down. Yeah, Uh, it's Mr. T. (laughs) (laughs) So you would rather play a hundred hours of beat Yeah, I'd rather play a hundred hours of beat him and eat him than be kicked a hundred times in the crotch with a steel-toed boot. Oh my god. Steel toe Kodiak work boot on a work night or whatever he says. Yes, that's uh that's a pretty disgusting choice. I'm not sure I what I to. would do. Well, I, I, I understand. It really hurts to be, you know, kicked there, so that's a fair choice. I mean you might as well might as well eat him instead of have, having to beat him. That's what I say. Alright, well then I will pose the question to you, sir. Alright. Would you rather... Would I rather what? Play 100 hours of beat them and eat them. <laughs> it's oh. the disgustingest game or, I've ever heard of in my life. Would you rather play 100 hours of Mario Kart DS? Oh, well, that's a no-brainer. Uh, 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 uh. What? As Waluigi. What? <laughs> no! Uh, 
You are a bastard. Uh, you gave me hope, and then you yanked it away. Indeed, I did. Waluigi. That's right. And if I recall from last episode, you mentioned something about blocking him out of your psyche, refusing to play him, no matter what game he's in, maybe not even completing the game halfway through. So I'm asking you, would you rather play 100 hours of Beat'em and Eat'em or 100 hours of Mario Kart DS as Waluigi? I'm not answering this question. You have to. No, I don't. Yes, you have to. This is an unanswerable question. It is impossible for me to make a choice here because no, there no, is no... No, no, let's ask the producer. Does he have to answer this question? Yes. Yes, you have to answer the oh, question. Oh, God. No, I don't. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess I do. Yes, she said it. You do. have to answer Yep, she did. Um... Well, first of all, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say that I can't really say that I would play Mario Kart over Beat'em and Eat'em for the very fact that there is no character in Mario Kart named Waluigi in the Mario Kart DS game. Because I've never heard of Waluigi before in my life. Oh, I see what's happening here. I see. He's he's mentally blocking out Waluigi's existence. You can't deny it. I will show you the web pages. Waluigi oh does exist. Oh my God! Our producer is flashing a sheet with uh, with Waluigi <laughs> on it. Okay, I remember. It. Put it away. It's disgusting. <laughs> that's like that's like a cross to the devil right here. This is disgust. Okay, I would. It's beat him and eat him though. Yeah, it's beat him and eat him. <laughs> I would actually, honestly, rather play as the disgusting, hideous abortion of a character that is Waluigi oh my God. in Mario Kart than play a hundred hours, even one hour, of the worst game of all time, and that's <laughs> beat him and eat him. This is going to result in some split personality, shattered psyche sort of thing, because you refuse to acknowledge him. What happens when you have to play as him in a video game? It would be just like I was playing as a ghost. So, which, which basically, <laughs> um, it would be just like I had the ghost power up on the whole time. So, so pretty much, I would not see Waluigi. I would just see a <laughs> cart. Ah. So it would be a hideous cart, no doubt, because Waluigi like drives freaking construction worker vehicles and stupid crap like that. But I would actually deny seeing Waluigi, so I would just in fact see the cart. So it'd be like a hundred hours of me playing this game as just Waluigi's dumb shit carts. <laughs> okay, there so you go. So I would it. have to I'm gonna have to choose that over ever experiencing the uh, uh, abomination of beat 'em and eat 'em. I really thought that we were gonna have both of us agree to take the game instead, but apparently Waluigi is not that bad. No, no. Compared he, to beat him and eat him. He, uh, he would quickly be blocked out of my mind. Alright. Well, I think that uh, about does it. It wraps up what would you do. Indeed it does. Now we know what we'd do. Well, that's pretty much it for our show this week. Uh, right, Jim? I think so. Uh, next time on Power Play, we are going to have a debate segment uh, about a topic that Matt brought up on our forums, which is, is PC gaming dying? Yes. Is it on the way out? I don't think so. I've already said that. And we will see what I think later on. 
we'll also be introducing a new segment called Accented News. Yes, uh, that's right, laddie. And the basis of this will be uh, we will be reporting one or two news stories. And I really don't want to ho- do a whole lot of news on this show. No, but, this is not a news program. But we will do, be doing much better accents than that. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> and report one or maybe two news stories each uh, in a different accent. And I will put up a, a a poll on the forums to vote for which accent you want to hear us do. And hopefully it's one that we can do, because if not, it will be terrible. That's right, laddies. Obviously, he can't do whatever accent he's trying to do there. <laughs> uh, Polish. And, uh, finally, if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, or you just want to chat with us, uh, you can visit our forums at www.gongradio.com. That's G-O-N-G radio.com. Uh, or you can send us an email at powerplay at gongradio.com. Uh, also, we're looking for our first review on iTunes. So if you like what you've heard, uh, feel free to write up your thoughts and leave it in a review. Indeed. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. Beat em and eat em. <laughs>